This is the Italian Real Estate Podcast, here to help you with the ins and outs and basics of Italian real estate presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Italian Real Estate Podcast presented by ItalianRealEstateLawyers.com. Of course, we are back at it again with Italian attorney Marco Permunian. How are you doing today? Good, how are you? I'm doing great, thank you. And today, we wanted to cover the topic about how to legally live in your Italian home, in your Italian property. As we've mentioned a number of times in these episodes, that owning property in Italy doesn't necessarily make it so that you are entitled to legally stay in the country. But there are various different ways that you can enjoy your home in Italy, enjoy the property that you own there. And in this episode, we wanted to go through a couple of those different ways to make that possible. So Marco, maybe let's talk about just kind of the the basic simple way for somebody who's looking to visit their home as a bit of a vacation home temporarily, because that's probably the least complex of them all. And um, how would that look like for someone who is wanting to come to Italy on a tourist visa? Do they have to apply for that ahead of time or can they just get on a plane and arrive in Italy? Very interesting question. And of course, you can purchase a property in Italy without having to reside in Italy. So you can purchase even if you're not physically in Italy, you can just keep power of attorney to an attorney and they can purchase the property for you. But then when it comes to uh, living the property, then uh, there are several potential scenarios. And the first one is the one that you mentioned. So somebody who wants to purchase a property in Italy, which I, like I said, it's possible. You don't have to live in Italy. You don't even have to be present in Italy ever. Uh, but when it comes to visiting Italy to enjoy your property, if you want to do it as a tourist, there aren't any formalities. Uh, you can just go there um, with your U.S. passport and uh, make sure that your passport is stamped at the airport, and then you have 90 days from the stamp date to enjoy your property and live in Italy, actually to live in the Schengen area, which is which mostly include basically almost all of the European countries. So you can be in the Schengen area for up to 90 days every uh, six months. So you can be basically three months in Italy or in Europe, and then you have to be three months outside of the Schengen area, which means you would have to go back home or go outside of Europe. And then at that point, you can re-enter the Schengen area and stay in Italy or in the Schengen area for three more months. And of course, if you are a visitor, it means that you cannot register as a resident, so you cannot enjoy the benefits of being a resident of Italy because you're just visiting. So technically speaking, even if you stay for an extended amount of time, so three months plus another three months in the same year, you're technically still a visitor and you cannot register as a resident and also just uh, because we are on the topic i've talked about americans or canadians or anybody who can access italy without a visa there are some countries where people need to get a visa if they are from there if if they are nationals of those countries just to even visit italy but i'd say most countries um 
including the US or Canada, Australia, uh, the UK, people from there, they can just, of course, uh, visit Italy for up to 90 days without the need to request any kind of tourist visa. And you mentioned about this 90 days within six months or 90 days in 180 days. Do all of those days have to be consecutive or is it possible to break up those days uh, into like say one month, a week, and then another month and uh, three weeks and then just kind of spread out throughout that time or does it all have to be consecutively uh, kept? It doesn't have to be uh, consecutive days. Uh, the important thing is that within a six months time frame, you can only spend up to 90 days, n- not consec- necessarily consecutive days, but up to 90 days in total inside the Schengen area. And uh, there are several tools offered by um, a couple of websites, official websites of the European Union that you can use to count those days, to calculate how many days you can be inside the Schengen area in a certain time frame based on your trips in and out. That's really cool. And that's great that there are those tools. I didn't even know about those. And uh, also for those individuals who are going to be in the Schengen area during that, that, that six month period, how would it work? Because you mentioned that they won't have some of the benefits of like Italian citizens. And uh, one of the, the, the most popularly known about is about healthcare and having access to a family doctor there and having direct ac- access to hospitals. Say if somebody ends up in an emergency, how would that look for them? Uh, would they have access to hospitals? Would they have access to doctors? Um, would they be able to go to a doctor or are they blocked from any of that? So the main difference between somebody who is just visiting Italy, no matter for how long, so we're not talking about like a one-week vacation, but like I said, even somebody who stays in Italy to live in their property for 90 days, that's still considered a, an extended vacation. So you are just visiting and you cannot register as a resident. And you can only register as a resident if you apply for a visa, apply for citizenship. We can talk about all that later. But um, not being registered as a resident and, and not having the ability to do so has some limitations. The first one is the one that you mentioned, meaning that you cannot register with a national healthcare system if you can't apply for residency. So that means that you either have to pay for the services And of course, in Italy, if you rush to the hospital, if you have a big emergency, they will, the hospital will treat you, but not for free. You will have to pay. They will send you the bill afterwards. Uh, The same goes for doctor's appointment. Um, So if you have to go to the doctor urgently or not urgently, you will have to pay for the services. And also the healthcare in Italy is guaranteed by the Italian constitution. So if you're in an emergency situation, you will have automatic access to healthcare in Italy. But if you're visiting from abroad uh, under the law, it's mandatory for you to have uh, health insurance that covers your stay in Italy. And that's really interesting to hear about how that works, that the, the healthcare is protected by the Italian constitution and that you do also have to have it. But one thing that I'm wondering is that during the the process for purchasing a property, something that's very necessary is to have the Italian tax code, the Codice Fiscale. And 
does a person have access to get some type of Italian ID or some type of identification that says who they are if they're living in it or not if they're living, but if they're buying property in Italy or how do they even go about getting the, the, the tax code so that they can go purchase their property in Italy? So there are other things that visitors cannot do and that only residents can do. So people who can establish residence in Italy, which is something that you cannot do if you're just visiting. And uh, these things would be, uh, for example, being able to obtain a tax code. So only if you reside in Italy, you're able to get a tax code, unless you're able to justify your request for, for a tax code, even if your intention is not to reside in Italy. For example, if you're purchasing property, and if you can prove that you're in the process of purchasing property in Italy, even if your intention is not to take up residency in Italy, you can request a tax code to the uh, Italian consulate. And, and of course, we have said that in other videos, having a tax code doesn't mean that you're, you're a taxpayer. It's just a national identification number that is assigned to you. And um, also, only if you are an Italian resident, you can apply for an Italian ID card. So only if you are registered uh, in the registry of the population residing in Italy, you have the right and the ability to apply for an ID card. On the other hand, if you're just visiting, if you're a tourist, you will have to use your phone and passport as your ID. Also, another thing that only a resident can do is purchase a car. Uh, in fact, it's not possible for a visitor to have a car registered in their name. Only a resident can, reg can purchase a register the car in their name. And finally, only if you are a resident of Italy and not if you're visiting. So the way the healthcare system in Italy works is that you get to choose one doctor that becomes your uh, general practitioner and um, you will go to that doctor for uh, prescriptions or for um, if you need to have some um, more specific exams, that doctor will help you make arrangements to take those exams so that we can become the doctor becomes your point of reference normally um, when it comes to your medical needs and that's something that you can only do again if you become a resident of Italy and not if you're just visiting so that's a big difference uh, between uh, getting a visa or a residency permit and becoming a resident of Italy and just visiting Italy, which is not necessarily uh, a bad thing to do. You just have to know that there are limitations when you're just a visitor rather than somebody who actually legally resides in Italy. So uh, you kind of mentioned this before, but just to confirm that somebody who is owning property in Italy, they'll have to pay their property taxes there, but they won't have to necessarily pay income taxes there if they're only visiting on a tourist visa. But if they are residing in Italy and they have residency uh, in the country, that they'll theoretically be obliged to the income tax as well, or am I mistaken? If you're just visiting, of course, you're not a resident, you don't pass the presence test so you are not obligated to pay any taxes but if you pass the so-called presence test so you're in italy for longer than 183 days which you can only do only if you become a resident then you might be um, liable to pay 
income taxes in Italy. Italy will only tax residents, so people who reside in Italy, unlike other countries like the US, where they will uh, tax their citizens based on the fact that they are citizens rather than on the fact that they are residing uh, there. But also, between Italy and the US, there is a special international treaty which is uh, aimed at avoiding double taxation. So even if, uh, technically speaking, you would be uh, obligated to pay taxes both in the US because you're a citizen and in Italy because you uh, spend more than half a year in Italy, there is this special international uh, treaty between the two countries where uh, taxation, double taxation is avoided up to a certain amount. That's a really important point to cover there that uh, may make a difference for some individuals that thinking that, oh, they may have to go to another country and be double taxed. That's one thing. But if they have the ability to not necessarily meet that threshold and be able to get by day to day without having to think about that, that could really make a huge difference. But so far, we've talked a lot about the compare and contrast between these two different people and how the individual who's coming just as a tourist uh, doesn't have to jump through some of these hoops and just doesn't have to um, meet some of these requirements for residing in Italy long term. But of course, that means that they have the limitation of how long they can stay in the country. But what about for somebody who is wanting to call Italy home uh, for the long term or even for that 183 days out of the year, what do they need to do to be able to make sure that they call Italy home? I mean, of course, beyond uh, claiming Italian citizenship by descent for those who may have that ability, um, maybe it's even worthwhile jumping into that as well. But how would somebody be able to legally call Italy home? Evidently, if you wanted to uh, be able to reside in Italy and enjoy your property for longer than just 90 days, you will have to apply for a visa. And you can only apply for a visa from your home country through the Italian consulate there. So you would have to start the visa application process a few months before your intended day of relocation in Italy and go through that process to obtain the visa, which is what allows you to access Italy as a visa holder, so with no time limitation. Now, there are several types of visas, and of course, it depends on the specific situation, which visa is best to apply for. Uh, I'd say that the most popular visa, one of the most popular visas is the retirement visa or otherwise known as the elective residency visa, which is not necessarily meant for people who are retired, but it's meant for people who, um, first of all, have a home in Italy that they rented or that they purchased, uh, and people who have self-sustaining income. So people who have stable passive income, so people that can support themselves in Italy without the need to work. And uh, the assessment of the situation will be done by the Italian consulate, which will verify whether you have uh, sufficient passive income. And make no mistakes, it only works out if you have passive income. So they won't consider any active 
income, so income that comes from work activities. They will look at your pension, social security, income from investments. Um, so these types of income will be taken into consideration by the consulate to approve or deny your visa. And like I said, the other requirement is that you have a home in Italy that you purchased or you rented. And the elective residency visa is normally valid for one year and can be renewed directly from Italy every year if you continue to meet the um, income uh, requirement. Now, there are other visas that uh, people normally um, are interested in, and the um, probably the second most popular is the uh, investor visa. So the investor visa is meant for people who want to invest in Italy. Another visa which will likely become very popular going forward is the digital nomad visa. The digital nomad visa was approved by the Italian government in uh, 2022, in March of 2022. However, uh, a new legislation is necessary for the visa to become effective, so for people to be able to apply for this visa, and we're still waiting for the Italian government to issue this new legislation, which will set all the requirements in detail, and which will make the visa uh, effective. So when that law will come into effect, it will be possible to apply for the digital nomad visa. The Italian government has already roughly established the requirements, so it's, it's a visa that people who are digital nomads or people who work remotely for their American companies can apply for. So these people can be in Italy and work in Italy uh, remotely for their American companies. And this is something that didn't exist in Italy before. So it's a very important change that a lot of people will be interested in. And then another way of being able to reside in Italy is the residency permit for spouses of Italian citizens. And of course, that only works for people who are married to Italian citizens. The Italian government gives you the ability to reside in Italy if you're married to an Italian. So the Italian government gives you the ability to reside in Italy if you're married to an Italian without many complications. So the process is very easy. Uh, first of all, you do not have to apply for a visa through the consulate like in all the other situations, but you apply for a residency permit directly uh, at the immigration office in Italy. So you can enter Italy as a visitor with your Italian spouse and apply for the uh, residency permit for spouses directly at the local immigration office in Italy during the first 90 days uh, of your stay in Italy. And the residency permit for spouses, unlike the elective residency visa, allows you to work in Italy. So if you're married to an Italian, that's the best option for you. And finally, another type of visa which is made available by the Italian government to high net worth individuals is the investor visa. This is also a fairly recent visa which was introduced a few years ago by the Italian government. It's a visa that is valid for two years and that you can only obtain if you invest in Italy a minimum of 2 million euros in government bonds, a minimum of uh, 500,000 in an Italian company. So if you purchase the shares of an Italian company, uh, which is lowered to 250,000 if you're investing 
in a, an Italian startup company. And finally, you can invest a minimum of 1 million euros in a philanthropic initiative and you would need to maintain your investment for the entire duration of the visa, which is, like I said, two years. Otherwise, the visa will be revoked. Well, thank you so much, Marco, for going into all of these details about the differences between residing in Italy and visiting Italy from a legal standpoint and how you can call your home in Italy your home or how you can at least spend time and enjoy the purchase that you've made. So, of course, Marco, if anybody is uh, looking for help from you and your team, how can they get in contact with you? People can contact us through our website, italianrealestatelawyers.com or give us a call. Our number is on the website. Absolutely fantastic. And of course, if you're interested in more information about purchasing property in Italy, be sure that you're subscribed to this YouTube channel as well as the audio only podcast. But of course, if you're subscribed to the YouTube channel, you are also automatically subscribed to the Italian Citizenship Podcast, another project that Marco and I collaborate on where we talk about actually calling Italy your home from a legal perspective, getting into some more topics very similar to what we got into today. So be sure that you check that out as well. There's both the uh, a video podcast on YouTube as well as the audio only podcast on your favorite podcasting player of choice. But of course, if you're interested in more about life abroad, living abroad and living abroad as a dual citizen expat, be sure to come over to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Rafael Di Furia, or you can do a Google search for Not Your Average Globetrotter or on YouTube as well, or your favorite podcasting player of choice to find the audio-only version of the podcast as well. But thank you again, Mr. Marco Permunian, for being available for this episode of the Italian Real Estate Podcast, presented by italianrealestatelawyers.com. Of course, I'm Rafael Di Furia. Stay safe and healthy out there, and we will see you all next time. Later. Thank you.